What's good people, it's Ocean here, welcome to the Ocean Podcast, I hope you're doing good, I hope you're well wherever you're listening from today. This is episode number 6 and today's guest is a good friend of mine, his name is Zishan, he's a really really talented producer based out of Manchester where I'm, where I'm at right now and he's produced for KSI, Randolph, so in this episode we get into all of that plus we talk about him growing up in Germany and the whole hip hop scene in Germany the importance of collaborating with other people and music producers and a bunch of good stuff. This one is a really good episode and I've done this one in person actually, the first podcast I've ever done in my own studio. Before we get into the podcast though, if you're listening on Apple, please go ahead, do me a massive favour, leave a review. I'm going to be shouting out everyone who does. Let's have a look and see who we got. Shout out to Sun, he says, inspirational, been watching Ocean for a year on YouTube and has really inspired me with music. Loving the podcast and seeing how other people came big for music. Ocean Gang. Shout out to Sun. Thank you for the review. And also we got Sat. Great podcast. Very inspirational. So thank you to Sat. If you want to get shouted out before the podcast, just leave a review on Apple. And yeah, I'll shout you out in the next one. If you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe. Leave a comment. And same thing on Spotify. Just go ahead and subscribe and everything. It really helps the podcast. I'm going to stop talking now. Let's get into the podcast. Ocean Gang go drown. What's good, people? Welcome to the podcast. Today, I've got my brother, Zishan, with yes, me. Yes, what are you saying, bro? You're nice one for having me, man. No, thank you for coming through, man. Yo, we've been trying to make this happen for a while, though, you know? I know, man. So much uh, difficulties with the car and everything like that. Yeah, but... Actually, yeah, it's been a bit peak recently. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, what are you saying, though? How's it in money? How you, you know what? It? I'm liking life in Manchester, you know? That's mad. I mean, you told me it was going to be great. One of the reasons why I came to Manchester is because you live in Manchester, you're from Manchester, and you kind of convinced me. Yeah, Manchester is um, sick, man. Like, it's really active, especially right now. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening, and I think there's going to be even more stuff happening over the next few years as well, because there's so many sick artists actually popping through now, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest artist in the UK right now is from Manchester. Yeah, H. H doing bits, Boxy's like, doing bits here. Yeah, well. yeah everyone's... It's mad. There's uh, quite a few artists that are doing bits as well, man. Like, Sammy's doing quite quite a lot of stuff here now, mm. Manny as well, that's crazy, yeah. But yeah, Manny's active, bro, like... It's just always grey, it? <laughs> bro, the last few weeks have actually just been straight, just rain. Yeah. Or was it the Storm Ciara or Storm Chiara? Oh, yeah. I forgot I about mad. that. Bro, imagine I was sleeping one night, yeah, and, like, the hailstorm was just hitting my, like, fully just banging on my head that like window damn and bro imagine yeah I woke up and I just heard a low, loud bang I thought someone's in the house yeah I fully went defence mode and I just heard I was like oh shit Stone Care is going mad yeah man that was crazy it's literally always when, when it's nice it's actually nice outside like if Manchester was sunny all the time it would be sick but it's literally like depressing <laughs> when you look outside the window <laughs> fucking hell we started on a sick note it is like exactly <laughs> Nah, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's still better, man. Because the thing is, we were saying, talking about it before as well, because I think you're very similar in that sense. Like, me, the type of person I am, like, for example, the weather affects a lot of my mood, you get what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. like, you wake up, you know, and the first type of energy you actually, you know, take in is the weather. Yeah. You know, like, is it bright outside? Is it not? Is it dark? And then you kind of get that feeling, like, you know? A hundred percent. You know what? Now you say that, I'm starting to realise that more. Because before... When I was in Spain, I would wake up at like six, easy. Bro, you got booming weather there. Like sun is shining. You want to actually here, do something when you wake up. You exactly. Like here, nine is the earliest I can do, man. Because, yeah, it's a different kind of... It's weird how it gives you that vibe. That's the thing, man. Because if it's... And the thing is, I think you moved here like what? Around winter time as well. Yeah, right back in, 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 in winter. all the time, that quick as well. It's always cold. But I think summer would be nice, man. Yeah, for dope. sure. Yeah. So far, cry from, from the LA lifestyle. Yo, LA's mad, like, because we, that for people who don't know, but like, we went um LA in November, November, yeah, yeah for JJ's fight against Logan, and bro, literally, you know, man, we were waking up there, yeah, and literally, like, see the sun shining, we just want to go out, do shit, man, yeah, you know, we go hit those spots, eat food there, it was a vibe, yeah, bro, LA we had a good time, was, it was actually sick. Yeah, I still remember when we walked in, when we saw Naz. Oh man, when we walked in, oh. we walked into Supreme, and literally I turned around and Naz was just like, maybe like two steps away from me, and I was like, oh shit, like that's Naz. 
I kind of had like a little fan moment. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, bro. Like, yo, I was f- fully fanboy, man. And the yeah. thing is, yeah, you came up to me. He's like, yo, I think that's Nas behind us. I'm like, what? And I'm. Just, I was looking at this top, and I look back, and I just see the mole in it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, shit, that's Nas. And then, bro, before I know it, he just walked past me. I was like, fuck. And then you just went out the back in it. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, man. I can't Keeping actually. The... That was insane. But yeah, LA was a mad cock up as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah, had, like, um... When we went to LA, it was um, quite a few of us, isn't it? It was like me, Kuku, Edo, 905, Tom, Mo, Tom, and you, obviously, me. I think that was it, right? That was it, I think, yeah. But that was like four, that was basically five producers in one house. Yeah, five just... producers and one video editor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was just like a huge cook up. That was sick. Yeah, and we had like Cuckoo and Tom who played the guitar. Then you and yeah. Ayla who were sick on the keys. Like, it was a. Yeah, it was mad, man. Concessions. Like, that's the thing in it, though, you know? Like, when we were there, going back to the weather, you know, the type of shit you'd be making, it's different as well, isn't it? Because mm. you're just in that environment. Yeah. But yeah, let, let's let's take this like all the way back. Let's start from the beginning, like young Zishan. Yeah. Growing up, tell people where you're from and everything. So I was born and raised in Germany. So in the ta- um, like a little place called Lindau. Mm. It's like a little island. It's like right on the border to like Austria, Switzerland. Yeah. But yeah, I was literally was born there. I lived there till I was about thirteen, and yeah, so I grew up on a lot of like German rap. So like mm. type of people, I don't know, like you know. Probably won't say more a lot of people won't probably know these names, but like Kuzavash, Zido, uh, Bushido, and there was another rapper called Azad, mm-hmm. who I was a big fan of because I yeah, the same last name as me in it. So I was like, Oh yeah. It's all this shit. So but now he Is was, it spelled uh, the same as well? Sorry? It's spelled like Azad. Uh, yeah, A Z A D. Okay. So I was like mad. Um so I used to gas her sometimes then, but yeah, I'm related to the guy. Like, <laughs> no, but not uh but nah, that was, so that's kind of like, you know, German rap I kind of grew up on. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like 13, 13 and a half, that's when like big exchange came. Like, you know, I moved to Manchester. So it's like a whole new country, whole new environment. And I think that was like, you know, really where I think the biggest change came in terms of music. Yeah. Because like, I was getting into it, like, you know, the actually making music type of that side of things towards the end of my time in Germany. Mm-hmm. But it really solidified when I moved to Manchester, man. That's when I just, you know. So was you rapping or yeah, or was, making music in German when you were back in Germany? So I was trying to rap, bro. So I was, uh, yeah. I was trying to rap, but I was, um, I was quite bad. So that was, <laughs> uh, so I got, so I got made fun of for that for quite, a, like, quite a lot. Yeah. Which I kind of get, you know, I was quite trash at it. But you know what? I'm glad though, because um, I wanted to rap over my own beats, isn't it? So that's mm-hmm. when I first got introduced into just the idea of making beats yeah yeah and then i downloaded this one software with a very old friend of mine uh christian christian frank is his name he's a producer as well um producer guitarist he's actually crazy um but yeah he so showed me this uh software called magics music maker okay. all it was is literally just putting loops together and stuff okay like just piecing them like puzzles yeah. but like literally i was on there like and i thought like yo shit i'm doing some mad production and then that's when like <laughs> not disrespect to like producers that were loops but like you yeah, know, yeah. I was literally just using a drum loop melody loops whatever mm. I wasn't really composing composing in terms of that sense not yeah. saying that you're not producing but um, but yeah that's when like kind of my interest went into like beat making and then I got like a what crack version of FL yeah and then yeah you know when you just get lost in it it kind of just Never tried rapping again. Yeah. So that went out of sight. I knew it, you know, it was making beats, mm. making music, composing stuff. That's the kind of stuff I want to do, man. But yeah, like, that was, um, that was like, kind of my journey into music, man. How was it for you, though? Because that's the um, thing, like, so many people got different yeah, to stories be, into Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Now, I think when I was a teenager, I was really, really into music. Mm. Like, I taught myself bass, I taught myself guitar, I was playing in bands, like, I played in a punk band, I played in a soul sick. band. But I then. A year piece, but then when I was sixteen, I cut like absolutely everything to do with music. Like I never picked up the guitar again. I was barely listening to it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of just like distanced myself from music because like I just started to take school more seriously. Yeah. And literally, I went from like being a musician to being like just complete nerd, like complete academic. Yeah, trust me, like not much social life. Just like in the books. 
Um, and then I kind of, a whole journey later, basically. Mm. Um, I got I got back into producing when I was 20 as a New Year's resolution. Like, I just got bored one day. Mm. I downloaded Logic. I made, like, a really shitty beat, but I was like, you know what? I think I could do this. Like, if I put in my time, I literally calculated it. Like, how long will it take me to master it? 10,000 hours divided by three hours every day. Well, That's so about 10 years. Mass? Yeah, literally, I was like... How, That's I, the academic side coming out. You're just like, yo, <laughs> let me just approach this step by step. Because I, I wanted, I knew that if you can, if I want to take this seriously, that I didn't want to half-ass it in it. I oh, wanted yeah, to be, you can't half-ass it. I wanted to, to be like really good at this. So I was like, yeah, if I put ten years in this, and I think I, like, there's many things I've tried throughout life, mm-hmm. and I thought I wanted to be sick at it, but then I realized actually I don't really like it. Um, yeah. But yeah, music production, I picked it up, and I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to like master this in it so mm-hmm. that's i guess from like january 2016 that was my new year's resolution to produce every produce every day for three hours i didn't most days i did but i didn't all the time yeah yeah you, you, you have to have your breaks sometimes yeah you know, you know have, i realized as well you have to rest your ears at times as well 100 percent. yeah you have to like leave it and come back so how was that transition like you know coming back into it Cause that's actually mad as well. Cause you know when you stop it for that long, yeah. even though being obsessed with it, and then going down a completely different route, and then coming back to it. Um, I think my ears were still there. Like I know yeah. what sounded good and that, but I wasn't good musically. Like I've, I to this day I can't really play the the guitar. I can maybe like remember a few chords. Mm. I can play the bass if I sit there long enough and figure it out. The piano, like I'm getting back into it, but it's like you're saying anything like that you have to put in your hours. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a process of getting better and better, but, yeah, I think at the time, my, just my my ear was still there. I just needed to get technical with, like, actually using logic and getting used to the workflow and that. Yeah, that's another thing, in that You probably didn't even... You were doing music, but not, like, with the door, innit? Yeah, before, never with the door. It's literally yeah, so just, like, just instruments, playing, yeah. Because that's the thing. So you, that's the thing. So, you, like, you actually had, like, a... More, like, an instrumental introduction into it. Like, kind of, yeah. I wish I could, like, play, like, how I used to. But yeah, we'll get there one day. We'll Still get that there. Beats, bro. That's amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It, man. So, so wait. So you moved. So you came from Germany. You was using the Magics, and then when did you switch to FL? When you came to Manchester? It was just before. I think Magics. I was not on for too long. Okay. I instantly started. I've never heard of that one before. Magics. It's a very old school one, man. They have yeah, like a man. video editor as well. I think it's like, I don't know, it's very basic. You could probably do, like, it's maybe, I don't know if I might get this wrong because I don't remember it that mm. well, but I think it might just be like a bit of a more beefed up version of Audacity. Okay. more like, but, um, yeah, so I was doing that. Um, yeah, so it was literally before I moved, I got and downloaded FL because I was proper, you know, doing research. I was watching YouTube videos mm. and... You was on it early then. Bro, that YouTube... Because there's one guy I used to watch here called MDL. I used to watch him a lot. Okay. Very old school producer. Yeah. And, um, there's another producer called Hook Beats. He's mm. a German producer. He's the first guy ever who I saw like a beat making video of. Mm. And I remember I saw him just playing the keys and I was like, yeah, this shit looks easy enough. Yeah. And I remember I was literally... Um, I begged my dad for like weeks to get me a keyboard. And then I got a keyboard finally. This was before I moved. Mm. and bro I sat down on the keyboard I connected and I was like yeah let me make a beat and I was like shit I can't play this <laughs> yeah it looked in the video like you know the it looks it looked easy, like, yeah. yeah they're pressing a couple button, buttons but I didn't understand music nothing in it like, mm. at that point and then yeah that kind of came to this, the transition into like keys I'm using FL and then when I moved to Manchester that's when it was like you know I had a lot of time on my hands when I first moved there yeah so, because I didn't know anyone, couldn't even speak the language, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you know, that I must have been my like English a crazy was, transition. Maybe I could say, hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. And that's it. I was trying to rely on speaking Urdu, because, you know, I come from a Pakistani background, so okay. I was trying to speak Urdu to, to like, a few people yeah. here, because there's a lot of Asians here. Because where I grew up, bro, I was the only Paki there, I would say. In what? In, in that in, radius. In Germany? In Germany, in that town okay, where yeah, I used to yeah. live. I grew up mainly with, like, you know, German, Turks, Arabs, that... Like, and then when I came here, I was trying to speak, um, yeah, Urdu. And then I, you know, like, even here, I noticed not a lot of Asians can speak it. 
Okay. So most times I was either just at the park playing football. Yeah. Or I was at home just trying to make beats on FL. Damn. Playing keys. So that was literally my life for like the first few months when I moved there. And then I went yeah. to you know, high school and shit. So you just picked up English on the fly then, just like trying to figure it out really at school? Yeah, so like the way I learned English was like, I was watching a lot of English TV at that point as well. Mm. Bro, I would watch the most random shows on ITV or something. I think I was watching <laughs> like one like antique road show. Oh Not my antique gosh. road show. It's the one, you know, where. What bro, is it like the one where it, they it was bit for old man's TV, man? Like, you know, like where they come with that. Old items and they value it. Yeah, and then they bid Charles on Charles Dickinson's something. I, I, uh, I, don't know, I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Bro, I was watching some. I kind of. Wow, that's like proper like midday TV. Yeah, so at that point I wasn't going to school enough. Yeah. Like, so this has been the first few months I moved there. And then I used to talk to people in the park and like, you know, mosques and stuff. And then. Mm. Yeah, that's when I kind of learned English because I was trying to imitate more people rather than learn out a book. Yeah, yeah. I'll get stuff wrong a lot. But that's how I kind of pick up, picked up the accent a bit as well. Um, yeah, because you, if you never told me that German was your first language, then I'd never know. Because you don't hear it. I don't know, do you feel like you have the German accent still? Certain words I cannot pronounce as well as, you know, as a native speaker. Okay. Like certain words, like, you know, you'll hear it at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it even happens now, sometimes when I go back to Germany, try speaking German, you know, my English side comes through. Because, mm. you know, I don't speak it as regular anymore. Like, I still speak it. I still do use, like, some music about, like, in Germany. I still got friends in Germany as well, like, you know, close friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like... But I think what really helped us, because I was already able to adapt when I was 13, I could already speak Urdu, you know, Urdu Punjabi. Mm. So, you know, if you already have an understanding of a different language... Yeah, it makes it much easier. Language like moment. English is not a hard... Because I feel like English itself is not really a hard language. Okay. Grammar is very simplistic compared mm. to something like German. German's got very complex. Yeah, you've got like three gender types, isn't it? Masculine, feminine, and neutral or something. Yeah, and like in terms of like the way you structure a sentence, there's like four grammatical ways you can structure it. Sometimes. Like, yeah, and that's just like, you know, touching the basic grammar and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, um, English is a very international language as well, so it's not too hard to learn, I feel. But I think it's harder mm. to learn a different language when you've grown up speaking English, I think. Yeah, especially languages that, I think like what, English is what, Anglo or something like that? They've got a name for it and then you've got the romantic languages like French and Spanish. Yeah, those are like Latin, isn't it, like, you know? So that's, like, that switch to those kind of languages are kind of kind of hard, usually. Yeah, uh, languages are amazing, man, like, can't lie, man, like, languages are my, my blessing. Mm. So, you know, being able to speak more than one language, I think uh, it's pretty sick. I think it'd be quite boring to speak just one language, you know? Like, just English, I couldn't imagine that. To be fair, though, I know this is, like, really bad, but at least, like, if you speak only English, you can get away with a yeah. lot. Like, when you travel, because most... If there's only what language that someone's going to speak, usually it's English. You can yeah. kind of get away with it. It's not a good no, thing. 100%. It's not a good thing for, like, in terms of... If you're yeah, you speaking English and you want to learn... Terms, as, like, you yeah. Know, like, you know, most countries you go, you'll find someone who can speak English. Imagine if I'm yeah. trying to speak German to someone, I don't know... In some random place, yeah, some random place. They just look at me funny, innit? But if I speak English, they're like, okay, maybe I can understand you. Because everyone thinks German sounds just bare aggressive or something. You know what? The weirdest thing is, I remember, yeah, I was in China for like a day and I was with my girlfriend and we was trying to speak English to the Chinese people mm. and they just wasn't getting nothing. And she's like, all right, let me try and speak Spanish. And I'm like, why would you try and speak Spanish? Not if they can't understand English, they ain't yeah. gonna understand Spanish. She starts speaking Spanish and then some random guy at the back starts like replying back in Spanish. And I'm like, oh shit, like. Out right, of everywhere. Bro, that's the first time I've heard somewhere that, you know, Doesn't... Spanish be more recognised... Yeah, than English than in English. that moment. Yeah, it was crazy. He's like, yeah, I studied in Spain. Like, I know Spanish fluently. Yeah, mad. That's actually crazy. So, uh, yeah, so you get to Manchester, you start making beats. When did you decide to, like, start taking it seriously and you think, like, OK, I'm going to go somewhere with this? It was probably at the end of college, man. Like, mm. um... Like, when I first started, I was still, you know, I was doing it day in, day out, literally. I would pretty much make music pretty much every day, make beats. And some days I'd be making 15 beats or some shit, but they'd be trash. But mm. I was making beats, you know, just the workflow learning. Because every track I was making, I was learning. And it got to, like, college time. Because I, when I was, like, 16... um because I used to, like, upload my stuff all to, like, SoundCloud, Facebook. Mm. Not, really, not even SoundCloud. I don't think SoundCloud was even about then. I'm not sure. Um, 
yeah, Facebook, I was uploading it to YouTube, um, Twitter. And there's like quite a number. But that point, there was a lot of forum, like forums online. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. upload it there. Um, but yeah, and at one point, like, I was work. When I was 16, I've worked for the... When I was 16, I've worked first time in a studio. Mm. So, like, um, there was um, this uh, guy called Alim. Yeah, he uh, was a really good friend as well. Um, and he had his own studio in, like, Echoes in Manchester. And he wanted someone in-house to produce and stuff. Okay. And he's like... He actually hit me up on Facebook. He's like, yo, why don't you come through sometime with a chat? You know, you can make... Um, and like, you can you know, get some studio time as well. So I was literally working in the studio. That was the first time, actually, you know. So, actual, I actually made music for someone in terms of in the yeah. same room, like a client, you know, like. So what, you would actually, for it first time. You, you would cook up for them? Like, yeah, on the so spot. we'd have like a session, someone come in and they'd be like, oh, I kind of want to do this stuff. And then we go from there and like, you know, it'd be like, so I was doing that kind of stuff when I was like 16 there. But I was, now looking back, I'm like, yo, you know, I didn't know anything. Mm. If a deeper, but you know, it was uh, at that point working. You, know, you got to work with what you have and stuff, and like it was a mad experience. It was literally just learning, innit? Yeah. And that's when I first saw that. Like, okay, you know what? Music could actually be something serious, like you know. And then college time was like, you know, I wanted to focus my whole life on music in terms of like you know take it a step further. And then went through college, and then uni time came, and I was like, yeah. I'm fully committed to this, you know. Yeah. Like, went down south. I went to uni there. Didn't really, honestly, didn't really care too much about uni. I just mm-hmm. wanted to be down south. Would just like to be, in the, be, yeah. be, be around people that were doing similar stuff around me. And, you know, just learn different stuff because that's when, like, film side came in. Mm. The film, like, the orchestral stuff, like, doing that kind of stuff came through around that time. And that was, like, a big learning experience for me because that helped me a lot in terms of, like, production. Yeah. So, um... Because I know you studied um, like audio or something. Audio Sound engineering. arts and design, yeah. Because people, one thing that people always ask me is like, should I go to school for for audio, for, for music production? Should I get a degree in it? And I never know what to tell them because I've never done it. Mm. I don't know what that experience is like, if it's worth it. I know it's expensive, depending on where you are in it. Like, yeah. In England, it's quite expensive. It's like nine Gs a year for a degree. Yeah. So, I mean... What do you think about that? How do you think your experience was with the course? So my experience with the course itself, and this is the thing, I don't want to, this is not going to apply to every course there yeah. is, isn't it? So my course, it was like, um, it wasn't great, don't get me wrong. It wasn't great, but I always kind of knew what to expect. Okay, I didn't, okay, I'm trying to shit now. I didn't know what to expect. Because first, <laughs> you know, it was like, because I went to University of the Arts London, mm. just, the name itself, you hear arts, you're like, okay, creative uni, you know, we're going to be very practical. Because I like to learn shit the practical way, mm. you know, and when I went there, it was more like, you know, someone's there with a PowerPoint presentation telling you stuff and you start to remember it. And the most times I was literally sleeping through my lecture because I'd be up the night before just making beats all the time. All my yeah. tenants was not not great, I can't lie. But I used, I was more like, I wanted to be down south to do you, to still get my degree but, you know, living down south is quite expensive. You know, I got student finance, so... Oh, yeah, so... I got yeah. student finance to, you know, cover my living expenses so I could be in London. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for me, I knew that, you know, uni was never going to be the reason that I might go somewhere in terms of musically speaking. Yeah. I didn't really rely on it. Yes, it will teach you a lot of things in a lot of ways, but it depends as well who you have teaching you, if someone's as passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And... It depends what type of learner you are as well. Like, if you're in high school, college, and you have the option, okay, maybe not college because it's very specific to what you want to do and stuff, but let's say you're in high school, mm-hmm. you have the chance to maybe do music or music tech, then I'd say do it. Did you do the music tech I did one? music. I did music. I did okay. music tech when I was in school, in high school. In college, I did music tech. Mm. But it was like, if you have the chance to do that then, because you're not, that's not your degree. You're just doing it as an extra subject. Do it. Yeah. It's like a little way to learn. I guess you get like more hours in, isn't it? Just yeah, to practice. Yeah, get some hours in. And that's the thing. I was spending a lot of time in my college facilities. Or yeah, yeah, facilities, you know. You go to your music room and you just play on the piano. They have a piano and they're absolutely fine with you just practicing. So I would be on the keys there. We'd be just, in lunchtime, we'd chill there, have our food there, mm. which we weren't supposed that's to. That's sick. But like, 
just there doing messing about as well. You know, have fun. But like, so in that sense, yeah, utilize the space you have around you. You know, if you mm. can't have like a studio at home, or like because you know it's an investment as well. You can't have the basic setup. Even use the facilities at school you might have, because you never know. And you know, your teacher who knows a lot of stuff. They're kind of like you can get some help from. Because I did talk to my college teacher quite a bit when I was in college doing music tech. Um, but that was like because that was quite because she helped me in terms of like just maybe looking into like what kind of uni courses maybe to look into and stuff yeah. and sometimes it's, it's just good to ask someone to get you know second opinion off in terms of if you don't know something because most of it honestly I had taught myself and I think a lot of people do that yeah I guess so, there's an element of just like you have to kind of figure it out for yourself yeah I wouldn't say creatively speaking so you wouldn't say like Creatively speaking, it's not the greatest yeah. decision. Like, there's not much... Would, would you say, say there's a lot that they taught you that you actively use for your production? Not really. Like, in that sense, no. But, like, I feel that like personal development in terms of, like, how you get into... How you learn, like, utilise some of the stuff is very important as well. You can't just fully disregard it. Yeah. There is benefits to it, don't get me wrong. But overall, I would say in terms of if you think about doing uni-wise, like, let's say we actually paid for it, try... Not gonna say don't do it, but like very carefully choose where you do it. Mm. How passionate are they about it? And if you get the chance, you know, just if you get the chance, bro, just do it practically. Get in the studio if you can get in that way to actually learn it first, hands on, you know, hands on practically do that. It's much better than uni. Yeah. Because you'll get actual mentors in that environment, and uni is a very boring way. Very no, it's not a fun way to learn this thing and this meant you know this music thing and everything's meant to be fun true yeah so i don't know i find it kind of not not like strange but you know when you're making music there's rules but really there's no rules oh yeah 100 yeah but if you're in that environment they it don't know it seems like very ruly like if you have a curriculum to follow in that 100 like that's some assignments i would do because the thing is my course why my experience wasn't that great because my course was not very musical Mm. That, I, that, that I do have to point out mine was very sound arts and design so that would be more like, well, like the sound design a bit more like the technical side of things yeah. sound physics that kind of stuff and like sound manipulation so that, what was they literally teaching you like how to so I'd be working with Foley as well so it wasn't really music music if you get what I'm saying okay I never even heard of Foley before so Foley is like mm, audio you hear in films or like TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. like this behind the footsteps, someone walking, yeah. the actual recorded sounds in it. Okay. So, and you do sound design for that, and that we, we you would call Foley, like, you know, actually recorded sounds. Mm. Um, so I did stuff like that. Um, but my uni was not very practical in that sense. I think the most practical it was when we did um, a collaboration. I think, not a collaboration, it was like a project with Barbican and Guildhall School of Music. Okay. That was sick. That was actually sick because I remember the project we did was um, like a binaural exp- audio experience. So that's more like 360 sound in simple terms. You have mm-hmm. like these mics that are like headphones and it records sound in a stereo field around you. So okay. we did like a project like that. And we did that with like some other people from the school there. And that was sick because we met a few people from like different schools. Yeah. Some one of the mates who I still work like, you know, hearing that chat, like catch up with. He's doing sick things now as well. He's a film composer as well. So, like, he's actually in LA. So, it's crazy, you know. So, in that sense, there has been some upsides. Networking-wise, yeah, there is some... that's what, that's what it well. seems like. Going down to... Because, like, in, in England, the main, the major city is London, for, for music anyway. I mean, you've got, like, other cities popping up now, like, as we were saying before, Manchester now. Mm. But being in London is definitely the place to be. So I guess like yeah. for, for it networking, yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be any more fully, fully, like, because I, I, I used to always think that as well, London's, London's always the place to be. But with the internet, everything... The internet is making us yeah. things more accessible. And I've seen it firsthand here as well now with some of the people in, in the city. Build your own wave as well, you know. Yeah. Build your own wave aside from that. Because London is very saturated as well, if you look at it. It's easier probably to stand out in a place where it's not as saturated as London. Mm, I, sp- I think so for artists especially as well 
Yeah, but London internet, the networking is a big thing as well, isn't it? Like, networking is crazy. Like, the amount of people I just met just being in London while I was at uni. Because that was the thing. I didn't really care about uni at that point. Yeah. I was literally just in London to network, to make music and learn. But yeah, how was it for you then? Like, you know, how did you actually, did you learn it all by yourself? Like, figuring out or were you watching, like... Um, There was literally... Two guys I'd watch on YouTube. I'd watch mm. this guy called Joby Job. Shout out Joby Job. Mm. Um, he was the Logic Pro guy. But he literally would upload maybe one, two like videos FL, a, you a got year. videos. Logic, yeah. in comparison to how many FL people that are, there's not many, innit? He, he uploaded very rarely. Mm. But when he did, it'd be like an hour-long tutorial. So I'd literally study it. Like, I'd download it, pause it, try it, like, study his videos. And then I used to watch SX, producer SX. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's doing his thing with music now. And but he was FL as well. So I kind of just watch his FL studio videos. Yeah. See what he does and then try and apply it to logic. That's sick, yeah. Because it's very transferable knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. Like obviously it's not the, exactly the same positions and names and that. So would you say but you could figure it out. SX and was it Joe? Joby Job. Joby yeah, Job. Um would you say those were like your main influences in terms of like when it came to like the production side of things? Um, in the beginning, yeah. Just in terms of like technical and finding my workflow and logic. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. So when I used to watch Joby Job, I was I didn't really know what I was doing with production. So I'd get like a MIDI. And I'd like, I'd press the snares in. I'd press the hi-hats in. I'd do it all with like my MIDI keyboard. And yeah, then when I, well. when I switched over to SX, he penciled everything in, the melodies, everything and that's when I, I got into doing that. And mm. then I didn't even use my MIDI keyboard anymore. My workflow was yeah, all about... Yeah, I watched this video. I think he did like a, oh, a breakdown time ago. Yeah. On SBTV. Oh, I know what you're talking think, about. Uh, of the Wii Rhythm, probably. I think it was the Wii Rhythm. Or maybe one of his other instrumentals. Mm-hmm. But I remember it was on SBTV and it was crazy. And I saw him like literally... Yeah, like, I just, it's mad. Like, a lot. There's um, so many producers now that you just pencil and stuff in. Yeah, that's where I literally... That's the first time I ever saw it. And I saw how quickly it would do it. So Joby's videos, when he was making a beat, it'd be like an hour long, yeah? Mm. But SX would whip up a beat in like 15 minutes. And back then, to me, I was taking an hour to two hours to finish the beat. So to see him do it in 15 minutes, I'm like... That's mad, isn't it? Fuck, like, like, I need to start penciling in everything. And I, that's that's how I got into like being quick with the trackpad and shortcuts and everything. Yeah. But yeah... In the beginning, definitely those two. And then every now and again, you just watch, like, the odd FL Studio video mm. and try and apply it. So, it, um, musically speaking, what kind of producers, um, or even not even just producers, artists, influenced you most? I'd say, like, in general now, it'd be... Like, I was heavily into Timbaland and Neptunes. Because when, when, when I was a kid, all it was... When, when, uh, when you hear the radio, the beat is either made by Timbaland or Neptunes. It's one of the two. And then every now and again, you might hear like a Scott Storch or something. But it was uh, one you of the can't two. say every now and then Scott Storch. I think Scott Storch, bro, like, yo, he had at the, hits at that after time. hits. Yeah. Like bro, that. for me, Scott Storch was like, like, yeah, I was popping to like Timberland and Neptune's all yeah. as well, don't get me wrong. But Scott Storch, that was the one who like just resonated with me like yeah. crazy. Like his oriental influence in his beats. Oh, I was yeah, like, I know what you're saying, yeah. Like, when you did what? Just a little bit, lean back. Oh, man, those are anthems when you're a kid, Bro, man. those tracks just bring me back to those times, man. Like, 2000 and, like, or like four, five, yeah. Yeah. When, I remember there was a period of time on the on the radio in England, all you would hear it was on Choice FM, a Neptune song. Then they switched it to, back to a Timberland one. Bang, bang, bang. Mm. From, and the playlist is just repeating, repeating, repeating. So, yeah, I think, like, that definitely influenced. And then... Like, when I got into production again, mm. I really liked Case... You know Case Swisher? Case Swisher, Case Swisher, He done, yes. like, a lot of trap beats for Made in Tokyo. Yes. I start, I really liked his beats. I liked this guy called Charlie Heat. He yeah, had some six beats. I know about Charlie Um So I was just... I was kind of just trying to imitate them, trying to imitate Skepta's production as well. With, like, that... Kind of like a grime sound. Mm. But it's kind of very his style at the same time. Bro, like that Kenichiwa album. Yeah, oh yeah. I remember the first of Grime, man. That was like a totally new thing, man. Yeah, oh, Grime man. did not exist in Germany at that point. And then when I was living there, and I never yeah. moved here to Manchester, I think at that time, what was huge as well was that like, obviously Grime was popping and like baseline music was not okay. going mad. Oh, well. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I'm boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, um, 
That was mad. So you, would you say like you made a lot of, um, were you doing a lot of like grind beats as well? A few, but I w- it was kind of like, if you listen back to those beats, it doesn't doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds like mess. Because mm. I'm still just trying to figure it out. Like it has track yeah. elements, but then it has like a weird melody and all that. But for the first year, yeah, definitely like quite trap influenced. Um, I wouldn't even say grime. More just like Skepta's production and his take on Grime. Because I was like listening mm. to him heavily yeah, at the Grime time. Yeah, Grime very... Even though it's around 140 now, but it's still mad. Like, it can be mad oh, versatile, man. you know? Yeah, it's different. So, wait, when in, in Germany, because you said that like, there's German rap now, mm. is there like a style, like, you know how there's Grime, there's Drill? Is there like a style of German rap? Or is it uh, just hip-hop? Yeah, there's... Um, now, so the way it's now, it's like actually... There's so much diversity to the sound there. Yeah. Like you have I've still, been checking out a few guys. Bro, you still have the old school people doing their thing, you know? Yeah. And they're still doing the numbers and, you know, they still have the respect in the scene, you know? Mm. Like, they set the way. Like, you know, Zido, Bushido, Kuzavash, them lot, they, you know, they're still doing the thing. And, yo, I still listen to them to this day, innit? Yeah. And, like, but then you've got, like, Youngers coming through now as well. The Trap Wave is obviously coming through. Mm. Yo, there's even drill now. Like, oh, someone sent me a drill. A German, the, the, yeah, the someone told me the, Bro, the, drills, gotcha. the German drill song. Yeah, yeah, like, shout out gotcha. Like, he produced that track with Luciano. Okay, and like, it's crazy. I saw it on my Insta. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Luciano is actually crazy, insane in Germany. He's always doing crazy numbers, and mm. his sound is insane because you hear his voice is fucking deep and it's aggressive, but it's hard. Like, you know, it goes hard on like trap beats, drill. Mm. But even, like, you know, the vibey shit, it still bangs with that. Yeah. Like, you still have, like, the vibey stuff there as well. I remember when you first showed me um Shindy. Yeah, Shindy was doing crazy numbers, man. Like, Shindy's, Shindy's man sick. That, I saw his, like, his visuals as well. That's who crazy. OZ does bear shit with. Yeah, yeah, they got, like, that whole collective, yeah. innit? Friends with Money. Yeah, like, um, hey, man, I think Nico Chiara or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, them guys are sick, man. Like, they're doing absolutely bits. Like... And that, um, Elias as well, you put me on to. Bro, Elias is crazy. Elias, like, he's insane as well. Like, he's coming up as well. Like, he's done, he's doing numbers now as well. Mm. But German rap is very active right now. There's a lot of people coming through. But obviously, I think that at times, like, you know, certain types of quality kind of gets let down in mm. some aspects. But you still have the sick artists coming through, man. Like, it's very in the mainstream now, which is sick. Yeah. Because when I was... Now it's cool to listen to rap when it was then, in it? But when I was this trap, it was like... Uh, I feel you, because there was a time like that in the UK. It's when, like, oh, you listen to rap, okay. Yeah, like, in it, I feel like there was a time... Like, UK music was popping again. Mm. Like, all the rappers were doing sick. And then it kind of just died out, and everyone started listening to American stuff. And if you listen to UK stuff, it's like, oh, that's kind of shit. Like, why are you listening yeah. to him? Listen to the American stuff, and then it kind of went full circle. And now, like the scene is just popping. Listen to music, man. Just appreciate sick music, exactly, and that's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the most important thing, man. Like literally, and like, yeah, German scene is very Germans. Like in terms of production as well, I think they're just on a different level as well. They're actually okay. crazy, man. Like, yeah. You know, the, some of the producers in Germany they're actually insane. Not just being biased, but like, they're <laughs> actually different level, bro. Some of them, mm. like what was the Q beats? Oh yeah, how bro, can they, we forget? They, 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 yeah. bro, the twins are uh, from Germany. I remember you listened to Q Beats tracks when I was growing up. Like, what early, early? I don't know if it was around that time, but it was maybe a bit later because I was still very active with German rap while I was here as well. Yeah, you know, so I was like, you know, hearing their productions and like, you know, to see like, you know, German producers that are doing bits in the US now, like Bass Music. There's a Caesar producer as well, Explosive. These Palace guys are is doing... actually German as well. You know, so, Palace. Hmm? Palace, he does like melodies for. I've heard of Palace. He's German. So... I didn't know that. Yeah, I That's think crazy. he's. I think he's German. Mad, but like, yeah, Germany's got some crazy producers coming through, man. There, the producer culture there is sick as well. Like, um, yeah, you got Cubis. Like, well, Cubis had was involved half of the hits maybe in the last couple of years. Their, there, like, their their credits is ridiculous. Yeah, it's actually mad, and. Yeah, I think Germany's like a sick spot to like listen up for music as well. Because in terms of like production, definitely, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like influences. They have the influences from like the US, obviously the UK now as well. UK kind of is influencing, is falling through into Germany as well. I do love that shit there, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, but Germany itself has got some mad culture as well about rap, which is mad. Like, um, 
and that's the thing. It's got a lot of stuff to offer. You can, if you want to listen to like more the old school influence stuff, you have stuff there. You want to listen more the new wave shit, you have that. Mm. So in that sense, I'd say music there is quite sick, man. Yeah. Um... But like, yeah, I would say definitely. I'm just going on now, but like definitely check it out though in terms of like more production side advice. Yeah. Is there like any other languages, like any other type of rap you listen to? Let's say that you don't even understand mm. lyrically speaking. Because French I rap is quite I big. I used to listen to like, French rap when I used to study it, just to yeah. like practice it, I guess. Um, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm not like a huge, huge fan of French rap. I like a few guys in French rap, mm. but not the whole thing generally. I like Spanish uh, music though, like from reggaeton. So just even like the more I mean, commercialized stuff. You lived stuff. in Spain as well, man. Yeah. How long did you live there for? So first time was six months, and then the second time was like nine or ten months. So how was your experience of the music there? Like what you would hear on a regular basis? You hear a lot of different basis. stuff. You'd hear like when I was in the south, you'd hear the you'd hear flamenco a lot, mm. um, and different takes on flamenco as well, like contemporary flamenco and like people trying to do their own twist on it. Sure. Um, the young, like youngsters, would listen to more like reggaeton or Spanish rap, like Spanish trap music as well. Um, I've heard, I, I don't though. remember any artists, but I've heard the Spanish trap ones before, and it was actually sounding kind of wavy. Yeah, there's a few guys that are like killing it in the so Spanish. Do you hear rap. more Spanish stuff there, or do you actually still hear like the, you know the English side of? Stuff I think more stuff Spanish there. stuff to so be. So they're fair, very you know? big about their own Spanish music there. Yeah, I think That's so. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But a lot of it is, yeah, definitely like a lot of reggaeton, old reggaeton, yeah, reggaeton is quite big there, isn't it? more modern, new reggaeton, like Bad Bunny and J Balvin and that, like the commercial ones. There's but, like a huge wave of that in Germany as well, man. Of reggaeton? Yeah, reggaeton, yeah. Imagine like German rap on reggaeton outside, mad. Play me something, just because like, cause I don't want to get it wrong in it, like yeah. I'm getting the wrong reggaeton. Like, well, um, I ain't got my phone. One second, let me quickly... Just cut this out for me. I don't want to say something stupid like reggae time because I'm shit with remembering. What's this one? I'm just run, playing random stuff. But this kind of stuff. Yeah, you have yeah. like yeah, you have some of this kind of stuff there. Like you have some like artists doing that kind of wave there as well. They combine that a lot of like the trappy stuff. Yeah, but to be fair, yeah, like with reggaeton, it kind of sounds like. Or not kind of sounds like, but you can easily mesh that with or fusion it with like Afro swing or like Afro oh, yeah, beats. Yeah. So you hear like that mix as well. Because I'm oh I'm I kind of I'm shit with putting terms at times on certain genres. Yeah, but, yeah, I feel you. You know. So that's mad. Like, so do you think that kind of influenced you in a way as well? Like, as musically, were you doing? Kinda not, not as much as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I've played around with it just to see like what sounds I can come up with and that. I've tried like making reggaeton beats and that. But I think during like that time, I was definitely more into just making trap beats and mm. and just doing that wave. And I'm still like trying to keep my ear to UK stuff for yeah. sure. So you know when you're making beats, so you know the YouTube side of things. Mm. Did that come at the same time as you nah. were making beats? Oh, what like in the beginning? I mean, you were starting beats, or did it nah. was it like you were making beats and decided, hmm, you know what? I no, nah, literally, yeah. For the first year when I, of making beats, I didn't put out anything. I didn't share anything with no one. I didn't even really have an intention to, to like really, I don't know, like work with people or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. I knew that my beats were not ready yet. I knew okay. like I had to just put in the time in it. You need to develop that sound and all that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So the first, the first year, all my beats were just on my hard drive. If someone asks, I might play it for them just to like mm. see what they're saying. But I wasn't even trying to get feedback or anything like that. Your, I, in my opinion, yeah, first beats. Most of your first beats are going to be shit, so you might as well just keep them to yourself and like keep doing your thing. It takes mm. a long time to get good at music production, isn't it? So yeah, I would say it's like I would say yes and no to that aspect because even though like that's just personal experience, and then mm. even though some of your beats might be shit, keep sending them out. Let's say. If I'm not saying keep sending out to like mad artists or something. Mm. I'm saying keep sending out maybe people who are trying to do the same thing as you. Oh yeah, if you find music. people who who are doing the same thing as you, fair enough. Because then like you you're starting at yeah. the same time. You're going through yourself. I still share in that sense, but yeah, I kind of get what you're saying in terms of. But if you've been producing for like two months and you think 
that ah, oh, if Drake jumps on this, this is going to be a hit. Mm. Like, I think you should just keep producing and making beats. Like, I don't know. Your first thing should just be get good at your craft. Make sure you're yeah. comfortable with your workflow. Make sure you're just good at what you do and you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should come into it like business minded. Like, okay, I've been producing for a month. Let's try to sell loads of beats and maybe it can work. Mm. But in the long term, I think it'll be better if you just like really try and get sick at what you're trying to do. Yeah, 100%. And then when it comes to the business side, things will fall into place a bit more. So yeah, I started YouTube um, a year and a half after starting Beats. Oh man, so it was quite close to each other. So yeah. Like, so you let's say YouTube is like a big side of your development as well. Yeah, for it's sure. Crazy. For sure. So man, do you ever watch like back your first few videos and you're like, shit, you know? I hadn't done I've so. Developed, I've actually gone from there to this point now. It's actually mad. I hadn't you, done like, so for a long time. Yeah. Now as well, isn't it? yeah, no. For Yo, the, man, for the... That's crazy, man. That's sick. Cheers, man. The, for the first time in a long time the other day, I kind of just like started watching all my old videos, and it's mad to see nostalgia. like, yeah, it's mad to see like your progress because in those in those times I used to think like, oh, this beat is sick, but then I look back at it now, I'm like, damn, sound selection was awful, but mm. yeah, it's crazy just but to yeah, see I still your progress. Have some of those melodies there. Yeah, like the the progress is crazy I to think see. That's, I've realized important as well. Like sometimes do reflect back on how far you've come because mm. I've realized as well, you know, as I mean. Especially as producers, and I'm not not even just producers. As artists, you tend to criticize yourself a lot, and you're always like, oh, no, "I need to get better. I need to get better. I need to get better." And then sometimes you lose track of what you've actually have improved on and what you actually have done well. Yeah. Because you criticize yourself too much. So sometimes it's actually good to look back and see, okay, shit, you know, I've actually improved in a lot of ways, and then you know, take like positives from that. Yeah. Because I think that makes a huge difference as well. Like, that that be sick. Like sometimes reflecting back on your old work is. Yeah, Definitely to see the progress is a good thing. Have you ever like listened to your to beats that you've made like three, four years ago? Yeah, like sometimes I don't listen to them regularly, but some here and there, sometimes I'll just click through. Yeah, because sometimes I really like to sample old stuff I've done, mm. even if it doesn't sound great or anything. I'll just maybe take that loop out of that beat. Yeah, put it into a new, like, just make a whole new track out of it, sample it, stretch it, whatever. Maybe even with some of them, I've even just change the sound selection. Like, everything yeah. else was there, but like you were saying, the sound Some, selection yeah. is something that you kind of develop as well. Definitely. I feel like the sound selection is not just straight away there. Not every kick sounds the same. Not every clap is like, you know, yeah. there's big differences. Um, but I think, and learning mixing techniques or like, you know, technical things along the way help a lot as well when I go back to the old tracks mm-hmm. and then kind of, you know, rework them sometimes. It's yeah. not a regular thing. But it's, I do that most of the times when I'm kind of feeling low on ideas and I just want to yeah, just got get like switch a back and quickly check. You never yeah, know yeah. what could just you know pique your interest again, man. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing that a lot of people know you for is your production with KSI and working on mm. his albums and stuff. So yeah, how how did that all come about? That one was mad. Like um, that was like quite I don't know exactly when, but he tweeted out on tweeted out saying that oh, he wants to make music and he needs like a producer to work with mm-hmm. and at that point Randolph was doing all of the stuff with him yeah and like you know this was around the time when he was doing I think the football battles online okay you know those um, was it it was jokes it was like what Balotelli against oh bro it was like he was doing all these like um, battle rap tracks um, with like Imitating these different players, and it was actually jokes. And then, oh, I think I remember, remember this. What talking about what was it? I think there was one with John Terry and Wayne Bridge. Oh, because you know what happened in it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. that. I was that mad. Um, I think it was that. But yeah, he was that doing kind of stuff. But he wanted to do music seriously as well. Mm-hmm. And then I tweeted him a couple of times. Some of my boys tagged me in the tweet. Then yeah, randomly he just followed me back once, and then he, and then I messaged him like with some beats stuff. Mm-hmm. And he really liked them at that point, which I'm surprised about still. Cause you just shot your shot, shot your shot, and it yeah, worked out, innit? Yeah, bro, like you know, I was actually trash at that point as well. And yeah. I used to send him a lot of beats as well. Nothing really ever happened there in terms of tracks. He used to use some of them in his videos, the here and there, and that was mainly it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think, in college sometime, and I was, I think it was second year or maybe halfway 
through first year college. That's when that happened. And then, yeah, I just used to sometimes send him stuff. And then literally towards the end of uni, I remember, I just sent him another pack. I hadn't sent send him something in time. Yeah. And that's when, like, you know, little boy, two birds, one stone, this and that, all that came out of, like, you know, around that time, I just randomly sent him a pack again. And then it was like, shit, you know, he made the track. Uh, I think the first track he actually recorded out of that pack was Medusa, which was on Distractions as well. Okay. And then Earthquake came out, and that was mad. And then Little Boy came out, and the reception to that was actually insane. And then, yeah, it was mad. And then from there, did the Distraction stuff, that came out as an EP. And then, you know, he did this album with Randolph as well, which was yeah. crazy. And then, yeah, I think it was the distract phase that kind of just kicked it all off, man. Like, for me, like, that was actually insane. Can't lie. It was um, a crazy experience, like, crazy journey as well. Because, you know, I had to send him stuff for a lot of time around that time. Um, for a long time at that point. And it just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, that's when I'm thinking, like, that one's kind of mad how it just came about. Because it was quite quite, quite a few years ago when I actually, yeah, first time I met him. It was like, I remember he came down here for to Manchester. So wait, you made songs with him before and then you met him afterwards? Nah, so basically the way it was, um, I used to send him beats. Mm-hmm. But one time he, came, he used to do this uni tour thing. We used to go to oh, different what, like unis and, and, and play FIFA with yeah. like, some of the people there. And he came to Manchester once. And yeah, I just messaged him. I was like, yo, you know I'd love to come through. And then, yeah, I met him there. Then that was the first time I met him. And that was, um, yeah, that was mad. But that was like, shit, when was that? Actually, I'm, I'm going to find, I wanna, I wanna find yeah. out the date. That must have been a while ago, like 2012 days. One sec. Let me ask you when I know when it was. I think it was in Copper 90s when he did it. Six years ago, shit, that was my... Damn. Yeah, that was six years ago. And then, yeah, just kind of sent, kept sending him stuff, man. That's the thing, you can't keep shooting your shot, man. And then, you know, at one point, something will click in this. Mm-hmm. You know, you get 99 no's, and then maybe that one yes just changes everything. Because I was going through a big transition around that time as well, in terms of, like, musically. You know, my production was not there, simply mm-hmm. speaking. My production quality was terrible. But, you know, you just work hard on it. Like you were saying, 10,000 hours, and you're bound to improve. Yeah. That's it. So once you got, like, the first placements and that, is that the route that you wanted to take? Start getting more placements and... Yes and no. Like, I was still hit up quite a lot of few different people, like, you know, Mm -hmm. try to send my beats to. But it kind of, you know, like, when you... I don't know, music speaking, I just wanted to kind of have, like, my own influence as well my own vision I had like you know like as every artist even if you're just a producer who makes music you kind of have always a vision in your head sometimes when you're making a beat someone like this should sound like that or something mm-hmm. and that's when you get more into like you know more the producing type of yeah, stuff yeah not just like stuff, not just making beat yeah. making so I was kind of going more into that side and I was like you know what I want to work with people and like you know like try develop like or you know because at the same time as I'm developing I'm developing skills for myself as well you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying because it's a give and go man you learn from them they learn from you and like I wanted to do more that type of stuff bring my vision through and that's when I started focusing more on my own kind of projects um and like oversee more in that in like a producer producer role if you get what I'm saying and yeah yeah I don't I didn't want to just be a beat maker I want to bring my vision through as well, if you mm. get what I'm saying. Yeah, like the coordinator and everything. Yeah, and that's yeah. like around the time when I kind of got my studio space, like towards when I came back from uni. I think for the first year, I was still working out of my bedroom. Okay. And I think last, like, so it's, yeah, it's been a year now. So for the first year and a half, I was working out of my bedroom. And then this last year, I've actually had my own studio space. Yeah. So I've built my own little space and I've kind of developed it over time. I was just working with what I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, very big in terms of, like, when I was actually doing more producing, producing. Because I was with people in the room more. I was getting artists in to actually... I was recording them. I'd be make the beat, record, be there in the process while writing lyrics and stuff. So that came out. And that's when I really was like, you know what, I really want to do this as, like, my own thing as well, as you yeah. should. And then, yeah, I did, like, the first single, Move In, with Zane, Fessel, and Essam. 
Um, Go check that out on Spotify. Yeah, that was a. Uh, that was crazy. That was like the first release. That was actually a mad experience as well. How that track came about, and then I think the second. Yeah, the second single was like what I did um, with Randolph Time. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Yeah, so now I'm just literally working on better other stuff. Like I want to release this year as well. 2019 has been a big learning curve in that sense as well. Mm. Trying to find myself a bit more musically in terms of sound, work better as a producer, and you know, just um, kind of bring in my own route as well. Kind of because yeah. it's because um, it's a lot of work, man. You got got to do a lot of learning because it engineering is like a whole different aspect that I started learning about and it's, it's a like whole world. bro it's an Just, art form in yeah, itself man. man like recently I've been mixing what like Zane uh, Zane's project yeah and we started mixing that and I've been mixing what so Kawasaki is, um, what Connor and sure I'm getting my words tangled I call him Connor but he's known as Kawasaki he's like mixing engineer mm-hmm. so I've been getting a mix with him and he's been just like just teaching me bare shit as well like you know while I'm there sat in the room like you know when he's mixing he shows me and I'm like and what does he do all on FL as well no nah, he works on Logic he's Logic okay now. cool oh perfect okay yeah. yeah so he works on Logic and yeah like even I only met him like a couple months ago but he's like you know taught me a lot already in terms of mixing like yeah. what kind of plugins to use what not that's which is sick because like I'm really starting to learn more about you know the engineering side of things because as a producer, I feel like you kind of have to know a bit of everything. Yeah, especially like if you're going to be in a room and properly produce an artist. Yeah. You have to, you kind of have to have those skills, innit? Yeah. Unless you're going to have an engineer in the room all the time. and If you have an engineer in the room all the time, then can't you bless us? Do yeah, that? that's, that's sick, sick. But that's that's not the reality, innit? Like, yeah. You have to kind of be that guy as well. Because at the end of the day, you can, you know, when it comes to the mixing stage and everything, you can get someone to do that. Yeah. You don't need to mix it. And I think it's better sometimes, most times, actually, to mix, get someone else to mix it for you. Neutral perspective and all that, you know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah, so in terms of that, the last year has been, like, a big learning curve, man, in terms of, you know, learning different side side of things. Mm-hmm. There's not just the beat-making part. Yeah trying to network, trying to experience, like, different stuff as well. I've been travelling a little bit more as well, which has been sick. I've been working with Kuku, you know. Yeah. Uh, Kuku's a sick producer as well. Shout out Kuku. Um, Shout out Kuku. Um, yeah, he's a sick producer from, like, um, Toronto area, Hamilton, to be exact. Um, but, yeah, like, we linked up when I was in London during uni time. I was working at Shoe, like, you know, retail. And yeah. I met him this year there. We got chatting about music. And then he's, like, a very, you know close friend of mine as well, and we work a lot together as well. Uh, we actually did, on Zane's uh, EP that we're working on, um, we did one of the tracks together. And, yeah, and then I was, he actually once shouted me to come out to Toronto and stay with him. Mm-hmm. So I was there, and that was like a crazy experience as well, learning-wise, you know, working with different people as well, seeing how different people were working. Yeah. Because I was... It's uh, crazy to see, like, other people's workflows as well. Yeah. You learn a lot from it. Even like when I go to your studio and I see you cook up and how you manipulate samples, that's like mad to me because you you flip it in ways that I would never think of. So it's just always crazy to just like see other people's workflows and that. Yeah, you never know because like you can try the most random stuff sometimes yeah. and it actually just sounds crazy. Like, and you just um, run with it. And that was one thing that I really kind of picked up when I was in Toronto, mm-hmm. when I was staying with Cuckoo because like, seen some of the people that was we were working there and we were cooking up as well and there's another producer called Matic shout out Matic, uh, Matic as well sick producer we were cooking up together and it was so sick man like you know just when you work with different people especially sometimes when you just cook up with another producer yeah you learn off each other you, you know you you experience different vibes as well you know when I was in Toronto it was the whole different type of music I was making when I was out there mm-hmm and when I came back, you know, I'd learned a lot of skills there as well while I, while being there, experienced a lot of stuff because I think experiences shape our sound a lot as well. Yeah, for just general for sure, for sure. Like even when we went to LA in November, that was a learning experience, crazy as well. Like that's the first time you know when Alo. Yeah, that's the first time I seen the the analog just yeah. before that and the crazy shit he was yeah. he was coming up with. Alo, Alo just brought um, his Korg mini log through. Mm. And I was like the first time I had a hands-on experience with a synth. And I was like, yo, this shit is amazing. Everything just sounded sick. Like yeah. You play one key and then come out. 
and you could just, just it wasn't even the sound it was just the feeling of it as well yeah. like everything around it and you could just manipulate so, it like hands on because you know when you're clicking everything on the mouse sometimes on the plugin it's like it's a tedious process yeah, I feel. It's very, it's very when you hand on it's like you yeah. know you feel like you're physically changing the sound so yeah what's the what's the future looking like for you what have you got planned Oh man, I've been working on a lot of different stuff, man. Like, especially like recently, as like the last few months, the main priority has been Zane's project. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mine and Zane's project. We've been working on that for like the last couple of months. Been doing crazy hours. You know, I'll be going down down south to London, and he'll come up to Manchester. And we work like five six days, and we'd be doing like fifteen hour sessions or something. So we've been working hard on that EP, and it's sounding actually sick and. We're really, I think, 99% done with all the recording production side of things. Mm-hmm. It's literally just the last tiniest bit that needs to be done. And that's what I'm going to do when I actually see him, when I find out. And, um, yeah, so we literally already started the mixing phase for the first single. So that's hopefully coming out next month. Um, that's planned and that's going to be sick. But yeah, then we've got a lot of tracks lined up with it. I've got a lot of tracks lined up with Zane working on that. I've been working with a few like local people as well. Yeah. Been working with this girl called Hannah Malik. She's a sick singer as well. Been doing a lot of stuff with her. I'm trying to like, you know, work with quite a few different artists, develop it, you know, together as well. Mm-hmm. How how do you um, find these like local local artists and that? Do you go out and listen to like open shows or do you just a lot of people, see them on the internet and that? A lot of people maybe internet sometimes okay. Instagram, but a lot of people recently I'd say have been just introduced through other people. Mm-hmm. That's been quite active. Like for example, Kawasaki, the engineer. Um, I was introduced to him by one of my older mates. You get what I'm saying? And like, you know, it's crazy. And now he's mixing my project, and I'm actually learning from him so much. And I just met him a couple of months ago. That was one. Um, Hannah, I met through Hamza. I think you've met Hamza before. Yeah, yeah. Through her, through her, um, through him. Since I've met I, Sincere, for example, I met him. Oh yeah, I've not even mentioned Sincere. Like yeah, Sincere is like another mad rapper as well. In Manny, who's been about for time. I've been working with him again. Uh, after a while, he was a bit inactive for a while as well. But working with him on some stuff as well. And him, for example, I met him. He was like in my local area, you know. There's not many people, let's say, for example, from my background, like an Asian background, I do music as well. Mm-hmm. There's not many. So, you know, we kind of found, we kind of connected. So we worked on stuff like, I don't know, eight years ago or something. And then, yeah, we linked up again, like, like a couple of months ago or something, and then started working on new stuff. And, but yeah, it's crazy. Like some people, Instagram, you know, you just hit them up, you see each other, like, you know, you, now Zane, for example, that was through Instagram. Okay. He got in touch with me. Yeah. Like he sent me some of his stuff. Like covers. We had mutual friends. Mm-hmm. But um he sent like he messaged me and I checked out some of his covers. And I was like, shit, this guy's insane. Like, how the hell, you know, has he not worked with any producer? And that's yeah. the thing that like, I'm the first producer I've ever worked with, and I'm like properly working on trying to evolve his sounds yeah, right, yeah, while still evolving mine. together. Exactly, because the music we've been doing has been very different from the music I've been doing from the last couple of years. Like this has been more like a whole different avenue in terms of like more the poppy R and B soul kind of like influence yeah. at times. Well, do you literally cook up with with him next to you as well? Yeah, like he tells you what he's feeling, and then you go and. That's been most of the times like how we've done our tracks. Like ninety percent of the times we'd be there cook in the same room cooking up, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes they'll tell me, like, yeah, I've been kind of feeling this kind of vibe lately. You have to learn to work with people in the room as well. Mm-hmm. That's one thing Because I think well. that's, um, I'd say, like, most producers, do, well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but a lot of producers these days are just beat makers. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say, I'd consider myself a producer because I can work with other people in the room and that. But 90% of my time is just making beats, in it, rather than actually producing with someone. So it's good to, like have that experience and I think yeah as you're saying it's going to help develop you as a person especially just imagine like cooking up on the spot for someone that's the skill itself hearing what Mm. someone wants and then putting it into practice I think it was helpful is that you know I think like I mentioned that when I was 16 the first time I actually worked in the studio yeah so I was kind of introduced to that kind of environment early on and I I remember like bro when I used to work then in the studio I used to have some of those artists that Used to just, you know, when they chat too much, mm. 
Like, don't get me wrong, like, the first few artists I worked with, they were sick. Like, one of the guys, Hemi, shout out Hemi. Bro, he was one of the first guys that actually was producing for in a studio. He was one of the first guys who actually paid me for a beat, and I was like, and, you know, still, you know, I got to shout him out for that, you know, because that was, like, a big thing for me. But, like, there was other artists, for example. I don't want to name that one, but, like, it was, um... <laughs> bro, they just, uh... Yo, they just, like, you've not even started a beat, and they're like, bro, no, oh, change well, like, this. Do this, do, do that. that, do yeah. that. And I was, you know, so I had that kind of experience. I'm like, bro, you know, sometimes it's, I kind of get from a beat maker's perspective. Sometimes just let me do my thing. Yeah. And then say, if you want anything to change. Yeah, it just comes always back to learning, bro. That's the maddest thing. Always learning. Yeah. I swear um, I'm always learning, like, something every day, something new. Even if it's just a small shortcut on logic that I didn't know before. But that shortcut would change your life, though, innit? Yeah, like, In terms of, like, you know, work and It workflow. might save you, like, a good 10 seconds. Instead yeah. of having to like search for it, yeah, like it's actually mad. Like, and that's the sick thing about those as well, man. Sometimes, like, you never know everything, but yeah, man. Like, overall, just been working on the Zane stuff, that's been the priority. Like, you know, just getting that stuff out, mm-hmm. working my own projects as well. But, like, like in terms of you and an artist, or you and your own voice, um, more like me and artists, but mm-hmm. I want to do like a instrumental project as well, okay, like a I've beat tape of, or something, yeah. Like, recently, I've been thinking about it, like. Like a beat tape, but in a s- soundtrack kind of way, if you get what yeah. I'm saying. So it's like, five, let's say five track EP, but it's like a continuous you know, mm-hmm. piece. So that I, I'm working on something like that at the moment. But yeah, should we, should we wrap it up here then? Yeah, just go. So where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Insta, um, underscore Z double mm-hmm. um, You can find me on Twitter as well, same handle. But yeah, man, like... Um, on Spotify as well, just type in Zeeshan, Z-E-E-S-H-A-N. You can find me on there. Not much stuff up at this point right now, but there's a lot of stuff coming, coming over the next few sure. months, weeks. You know, yeah, that's going to be look crazy. For it. It's, it's going to be a few collabs between me and uh, Ocean as well, so look yeah, out for that for sure. as well, man. But yeah, man, yo, thanks for having me again, hey, bro. Man, it was actually sick to have a chat, on. man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, that's it for the podcast here with Zeeshan. I hope you enjoyed it. Got to sit down and have a little conversation with Zeeshan. He's doing great things. Got a bunch of good stuff coming out soon. You will see him on the channel as well with me soon. But go follow him. Go show him some love and support. And yeah, until next time. Take care. See you soon. <laughs>